Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for listening. Today we have a fun episode in store. We've been talking about overcoming, so today we thought we would bring on some more of our friends and have them share their personal stories on things that they have overcome in their life and how they've done it. These are people who have believed in God, held on to His promises, and seen Him do some really incredible things in their lives. Yeah, today is definitely one of those faith-strengthening episodes. Lauren, I love hearing other people's stories. It is always so inspiring, and we've re- we, we've got some really good ones to share with everybody. We also have my special friend, Anika, here with us, who just finished writing her first book, Believe to See, which I just love that title, and I have to say, I am so proud of her for getting it done. You guys, um, check it out. It's on Amazon. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and just bring her on. Hey, Anika. Hey. 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 <laughs> we are so happy to have you here with us again. And congratulations, by the way, on publishing your first book. I'm so excited to talk to you about it today. Thank you. I am so excited, too. And thanks for having me again. You know, I just have to say that the timing of this could not have been any better. It has lined up perfectly with what we've been talking about. You know, we are in this overcoming series and Believe to See is all about not giving up and holding on until you see God's promises fulfilled in your life. Yes, I just love talking about God's promises, being an overcomer and rising above all of our challenges. So I have to ask you, how did you come up with that title? Well, I actually heard the title in a dream, which I do share a little bit about in the book. It comes from the scripture in Psalms 27, verse 13, in the King James Version, which says, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Man, I love Psalm 27. Y'all, if you haven't read it or you haven't read it in a long time, after the podcast, obviously, go check it out because it is such a powerful psalm. David, throughout the whole thing, is really just declaring his confidence and trust in God. And I remember it's like, the Lord is the light, and you know, my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? If a host encamped against me, even then, and this is, and this I'll be confident for in the day of trouble, he will protect me. And that's just the first part. So I love David because if there was anybody that knew how to encourage themselves and talk to their soul, David did. Yeah, which that is something we ended up talking about in our last episode. One of the keys to overcoming is declaring God's truth over our lives. This is exactly what David is doing in Psalm 27. Anika, I'm just curious, out of all the books you could have written, what inspired you to write this particular book? Well, this book and the principles I share is really the story of my life. You know, I've lived every part of it. And 
I seriously really still do. I've encountered challenges to my beliefs and faced a lot of obstacles in achieving my goals, just like most people. You know, really the question really became, do I really believe God at his word and believe to see his goodness in every situation? From conversations I've had with other people and from prayer requests, I just knew that this message would resonate with them. It became important for me to get it out on paper, you know, what I was learning and just really knowing that I'm feeling this way, certainly others do as well. And hopefully I can help them as we all learn and grow together. I love that. Well, I know that I will certainly be growing with your help. (laughs) So I'm excited to read your book. Who would you say you wrote this book for? Is it for new believers, someone deepening their faith? Is it for someone stuck in a challenge? Who would you say is your target audience? Well, it's really for anyone needing encouragement while waiting for their promise or their dream to come into reality. I want to help people who've been disappointed and feel like giving up. I wrote it for those who, like me, sometimes feel stuck in the day-to-day routine and want to break free. I also wanted to write something for those who want to see others live out their full potential as well. That is awesome. I feel like many of us are waiting for our dreams to come true. If there was one thing... Anika, that you would want your readers to know from reading your book, what would it be? The main thing is that God keeps his promises. He is a promise keeper. I want people to be encouraged to hold on and not give up no matter what it looks like or what they see in the natural. Believe to see God's goodness shown in your life because you will just hold on. That is definitely a great takeaway. I'm getting more and more excited to read your book. (laughs) Speaking of believing to see God's goodness, my bestie has such an amazing story about this. She was the very first person to pop up into my head when we were talking about putting this episode together, and her story is so powerful. I really don't want to say too much, so let's just hear it from her. Lauren and Debs, thank you so much for letting me share our story on this episode. God has done some really amazing things in our lives, and I feel so grateful and honored to speak about them here. So in 2012, my husband and I got married, and a couple of years later, we began the journey of growing our family. Um, We were on a short-term mission assignment in South Africa at a children's village where God confirmed our call to parenthood and asked us to trust Him. The idea of not being able to have children really scared me, and I knew my reproductive health wasn't at its greatest at that time. Even prior to being married, I had this fear, but God gave me a dream one night, and it brought me so much peace. In my dream, I was in a room full of friends and family while my children laughed and danced around the room. It gave me so much peace, and when I woke up, I knew in that moment that that dream was from God and that He would eventually grow our family. I just needed to trust Him. What I didn't know was how much I would need to trust Him in the years to come. For the next couple of years, we were unsuccessful in conceiving, and in 2016 and then again in 2017, I received a less than optimistic diagnosis from my OBGYN. I was told there was nothing else they can do for me, and I was referred to a fertility specialist that our insurance did not cover and we could in no way afford. I was scared, hurt, and so discouraged, but I clung to God's word, specifically Luke one thirty eight. 
In 2017, my husband's business increased and he began to work extra jobs to make extra money so I could afford to go to this fertility doctor. I began some fertility medications and we conceived on our very first try. We were over the moon excited, but unfortunately that excitement was short-lived when I had what the first of what would be several miscarriages a couple of weeks later. Our third miscarriage, that brought so much grief and depression. We thought this was going to be our forever baby, but when it didn't work out, we were just completely broken. Um, It stripped away everything I thought I knew, and I was just a total mess before God. So this time, instead of praying for a baby, we began to pray for healing, and God showed up and did just that. We began attending grief counseling, praying for the right doctors to be put in our path, praying for the right supplements and medications, and I also began to soak up his word like never before. After five years of trying, more than a year of treatments, three miscarriages, and nearly 80-pound weight loss, here I was, naturally pregnant, and to top it all off, it was completely unintentional. On November 27th, 2019, at 11.37 p.m., my promise was placed in my arms. Looking back on it now, I can say that there was one thing this all hinged on, and it was God's Word. In the darkest times of this journey, I would look to His Word to see His promises and practice praying His Word back to Him. I would pray things like, God, I know you will never leave or forsake me. I know you will complete the work that you have begun. I know your promises are always yes and amen. God can and does heal. It might not always look like how we want it to look, but he hears our prayers and is so kind to surround us with his presence and speak clearly and consistently through his word. Wow. (laughs) What do you say to that? I mean, her testimony is such a great example of what it means to believe to see. And look at the results. Yes, it is. They waited in hope for years and now see God's goodness and his faithfulness all over their lives. You know, we need to remember victories aren't accidental. They're providential. Ooh, that was really good. Can you say that again, please? (laughs) Victories aren't accidental. They're providential. And this is why believing is so important. It is. And there are just so many scriptures to support, you know, what you're saying. When I was listening to Megan's story, Hebrews 6 came into my mind. And in that chapter, it talks about God making a promise to Abraham. And he told him, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. It took a long time for that promise to be fulfilled. And it actually says in verse 15, so it was that Abraham, having waited long, and endured patiently, he realized and obtained what God promised him. You know, I like to say sometimes it takes some time to get what you've been promised. And Deb, that story there is so encouraging um, for us to keep at it and to stay the course by following Abraham's example and the many examples of those who have endured God's promises by having strong faith and patient endurance. Yeah, both of those are really important. Strong faith and patient endurance. I think we have to have both if we're going to realize everything God has for us. I kind of want to pause here for a moment and just talk about having faith. Think about it. How many times in scripture does Jesus ask, where is your faith? 
A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was constantly calling people to faith and taught a lot on the importance of having faith. Just think of Peter. He was told to get out of the boat and walk on water towards Jesus. When he started to sink, he got scared and he cried out to be saved. And Jesus literally said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Faith is huge. And how can we expect God to fulfill his promises if we don't even believe he will? For sure. And Hebrews has a lot to say about faith, especially in chapter 11. You know, verse one gives us a definition of faith. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you want to be encouraged, read those stories of the heroes of faith listed in that chapter. Check out the things they believe for, the things they went through. But of course, read it after the podcast, like Deb said. (laughs) (laughs) So then faith is the confidence that what we are hoping for will actually happen, even when we cannot see how it will happen. Faith is believing that if God said it, it will be done. Exactly. You know, something happened a while back that really helped me understand how faith is supposed to work in our lives. One day I received a call from my car insurance company, and they were calling me to notify me that I was going to be receiving a disturbing notice in the mail in a couple of days. However, they wanted to tell me not to worry about. I remember the guy saying, I assure you, we're handling everything. You have really good coverage. You even have a million-dollar umbrella policy. You have nothing to worry about. So a couple of days later, mail comes, and sure enough, I get this notification and realize that I'm being personally sued for $290,000, okay? This is not an insurance claim. This is a personal suit against me for a fender bender, okay? So, look, I had been in a minor accident almost like a year prior. I was on my way to church, and when I say minor, I mean minor. I did not even have to do any work to my car. And so apparently the woman that I barely bumped into uh, didn't get what she wanted you know, with the insurance company. And so she was coming against me personally. And let me just say, it was a good thing that they called me because <laughs> I was like reading all this information and like thinking $290,000. But when I read it, I remembered what the guy said and suddenly just peace came over me. And I I can honestly say I was not worried at all. I was like, huh, I'm glad I got good insurance. They got me covered. <laughs> <laughs> then as clear as anything, the Holy Spirit says, now that's how I want you to start responding to anything that comes your way in life. Assured, you are insured by me. I was like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> And think about it. Isn't that what John 16.33 says? It actually is like, take notice. It's kind of like the ring ring from the guy. Um, But it's Jesus speaking. He says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you're going to have tribulations, trials, distresses, frustration. You know, in other words, you're going to have mail delivered to your box. (laughs) Uh, That's not good news. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Our faith is kind of like having an incredible insurance package. 
When you get insurance, it's not a guarantee that you're not going to face storms or loss. What it is, and it's an assurance that whenever you do, you're covered. And, you know, this is what faith in God is. It's assurance. Think about the last time, you know, somebody assured you of something. They told you they'd get it done. Maybe they said, I'll handle it. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. If you trusted the person who told you that, you wouldn't worry, right? Why? Because you were confident that whatever they told you, they'd do. And here's the thing. God doesn't lie ever. He always keeps his word. So this means we all have an incredible assurance package that whatever we need in life, whatever life throws our way, God's got it. This is why we can have such strong faith. This has helped me so much. That is so good. I love your example. Have faith in God like you have faith in your car insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine how you would have felt if you didn't have that assurance that everything was going to be all right? I would have lost it. I would have come unglued. I probably would have fainted. Seriously. (laughs) Who did you have? Was it Geico? (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't need to know. (laughs) Anika, I have another question I want to ask you quickly. We talked about having strong faith when it comes to receiving God's blessings. But what about patient endurance? I believe that's the wording that we used earlier. I personally like to call it waiting on God skills, <laughs> but whatever you like to call it. What does biblical waiting really mean? I know this is something you address in your book, so I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. Yes, absolutely. You know, we need to understand that waiting in the Bible is an active word, not a passive one. The Hebrew word for wait, as in wait upon the Lord, means to look expectantly. It means to hope. It's expecting something to happen. Waiting is not sitting around doing nothing with your arms folded. For instance, when a woman is pregnant, she's filled with hopeful expectations and makes preparations for what is to come. That is why we call her an expectant mom. In essence, she believes until she sees. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, and waiting, it really does test our faith. I personally think learning how to wait on God is probably one of the most difficult lessons uh, to learn. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of impatient. It's been really hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I don't want to wait a line, you know. (laughs) And a lot of that is our society. But waiting really can teach us a lot. And it is difficult. And I think that's why, you know, Galatians, it even reminds us not to get discouraged, not to grow weary. Because at the right time, if we don't give up, if we don't give in, we will reap. And I say it all the time, and I know it's cliche, but I've learned it to be true in my life, and I've seen it in so many others. God is never early, but He's also never late. He's always right on time, always. And we just have to remember there is an appointed time, a set time for His promise to be fulfilled in our life. And our part is just to hold on with hope, in faith, until that appointed time arrives, and trust that God rewards those who wait on Him. Yes. You know, sadly, many people give up right at the point of breakthrough, just before what they have been believing for is seen. Essentially, they faint and lose heart. The temptation to quit and give up or just settle in, it can be pretty strong. It really can. And Anika, I know that you dreamed of writing books since you were in college. And 
I'm not going to say how many years it's been, but it's been a few. Um, And I know you've dreamt about it. I imagine along the way, you've probably been tempted to give up on your dream or just settle. I mean, you're busy. You have five kids. I mean, you've got lots of responsibilities. Oh, for sure. You know, life happens. Work, family, ministry, other responsibilities. And then suddenly, suddenly it's a decade or two later. (laughs) You and I, you know, we recently we started talking about writing and getting books out last year. And I knew in my heart it was time to do it. Around the same time, a close friend contacted me to help with some final touches on their book project which is something I've done before, help other people with their books. After I committed to helping, I realized I needed to commit to myself and get my own book done. It had been put on the shelf way too long. So Mm -hmm. I made a commitment to myself to get it done. And I began setting aside time to really do it. So once you committed, how long did it take? Really? It was about 40 days. Yes. Years. Wow. I know. Years. There's that number again, 40. <laughs> 40, okay. <laughs> the testing period, you know, really it was about 40 days. Uh, yes, years of dreaming became 40 days of doing. I set aside time to write every morning, put it on the calendar with deadlines and actually decided to stick with it. Now, does that sound familiar? <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> what would you say to someone who has a dream in their heart And the dream has yet to be fulfilled. I would just say it's not too late. If you can still dream it and you're still breathing, it's still possible. I love that. You know, we are all going to encounter times in our life when it's going to seem a lot easier to just settle rather than to fight for our dreams, to fight for the things that God's promised. And I know I talk a lot about the children of Israel, but they really, <laughs> studying their journey to the promised land can help us so much. You know, when you think about them, among them were some quitters, some settlers, but then there were some fighters. And it's like you said, Anika, so many people give up right at the point when their breakthrough is in sight. And that's exactly what some of them did. When they arrived at the Jordan River, all they had to do was cross it. The promised land was just steps away. But, you know, many of them decided that they didn't want to go, that they wanted to settle where they were. Instead of crossing over, they were like, you know, forget it. And, you know, here's the thing. That is an option. But we will never possess what we refuse to believe to see, just like your book uh, really can reinforce in our lives. And we'll never possess what we're unwilling to pursue. So let's share some stories of friends who uh, didn't settle, didn't quit, but just fought for God's promises to be filled in their life. And let's listen to the outcome. My husband and I met dated, got engaged, and married all within a span of just eight short months. You see, God had spoken to me in a dream about a year prior and told me the exact month I would meet my husband. I believed what God said, and it happened just when God said it would. He also impressed on both of our hearts that our marriage would be a ministry to other couples. I quickly learned that when God tells you the end of a thing, he leaves out the messy middle. The part about the process of how you're going to get to that place. Right off the bat, we started having issues and we both believed we had married the wrong person. You see, I had two boys from a previous marriage. 
So we had blended family issues. We had communication issues. We had financial issues. We got married so quickly that we didn't even realize that our personalities were literally polar opposite of each other. It was like trying to dance together, but each of us having our own separate music. We were constantly stepping on each other's toes. I remember feeling frustrated daily. So after a few years of pointing fingers, feeling frustrated, blaming each other, it ultimately led to infidelity in our marriage. Separation and divorce became frequent topics until we both finally decided that divorce was not an option. We decided to trust God to get us to that place that he had spoken about from the very beginning. So we joined the marriage department at the church we were attending at the time, and we surrounded ourselves with other Christian couples and latched on to a couple who ultimately became our role models. We stopped blaming each other and began looking within ourselves. We stopped looking at each other as the wrong person and instead began trying to individually become the right person. It was probably a year and a half later when we actually started an online marriage ministry and God began using our marriage to help other hurting couples. At that point, I believe we had been married about six or seven years. This year, we will be celebrating 20 years of marriage and I can honestly say we've never been happier. God did with our marriage just what he said he was going to do. If you're listening to this and struggling in your marriage, there is hope in Jesus. First, make a decision to seal the exits and believe God no matter what. If God has not been the center of your relationship, invite him in. Instead of saying you married the wrong person, ask God to show each of you how to become the right person. Surround yourself with other Christian couples that can walk with you and keep you accountable. And that includes getting Christian marriage counseling if you need it. I know God can and God does work marriage miracles because he worked one in ours. Hi, my name is Courtney, and this is my story on how I overcame the loss of my fiance. Jason and I were together for 13 years. He was my first boyfriend, my high school sweetheart. We dated throughout high school, college, and many years beyond. During that time, he had a kidney disease, and I knew that at some point he would need a kidney transplant. A year before his 30th birthday, Jason began dialysis. At that time, we were engaged, planning a wedding, working full-time, and in and out of doctor appointments. It took a toll on us. We decided to just put the wedding on hold. His health had to come first. Unfortunately, the day before his 30th birthday, Jason passed away due to kidney complications from the transplant he just received. After that, I completely lost myself. I didn't know where to pick up the pieces or how. For 13 years, everyone knew us as Courtney and Jason. I didn't know how to be just Courtney. I grieved for such a long time. During that time, I had people in in my life who tried to get me to go out for drinks, offer me things to make me chill out and have a good time. They thought drugs, alcohol was the answer to help me. But deep down, I knew that was not who I was. So I began to go to church. 
Every Sunday, I would pray to God to please help me be a strong, independent, confident woman. I prayed for stability, for God to keep me grounded. I was scared. I needed him to guide me to keep me on the path that he had planned for me. I'm telling you, I just prayed and prayed a lot. Sometimes I doubted him. Sometimes I felt angry at him. Sometimes I would yell at him, but I continued to pray each day. I lived in Florida at that time, so my family was all back in Buffalo, New York. And one Sunday at church, I realized that I was living in Florida, and that was never my dream, but that was Jason's dream. So I began praying about my next step, my purpose. Where was I supposed to go? I created lists. I did research on different states and jobs, and I narrowed it down to three states. I was either going to move to Tennessee, North Carolina, or Maine. I knew for a fact I did not want to go back to New York State. I was afraid to go back to where I had so many memories of Jason and I growing up. But one night, I took my dog for a walk, and I was talking to God and asking him to just please give me a sign already. Where am I supposed to go? I swear to you, I saw my first shooting star. I saw it zip through the sky, and I had this feeling in my stomach then that I never felt before. I really believe it was God. And in that moment, God put into my head, Courtney, it's time to go home to be with your family. At that moment, I called my dad crying and said, Dad, I made up my mind. I'm coming home. I packed up all my things, sold my house, bought a new one in Buffalo, the city I swore I would never go back to. But I finally began enjoying my life again. I grew closer to my family. I rekindled old friendships, created new ones. I even began to date again. God knew what I needed. He answered my prayers. And even more so, he blessed me with a great man in my life that I believe I'm supposed to be with. I struggled a lot. It wasn't easy. But in the end, it was all worth it. These stories are so encouraging, and they're really great examples of having strong faith and what patience looks like. I also feel like they show such a great perspective of what believing to see is all about, having faith in God's promises and goodness. We all have faced challenges in our life, and I really think that the first and main thing to do is just reach out to God first. A couple of questions we can ask ourselves are, what is the most challenging situation we are presently facing? And are we praying His promises over our situation? Are we declaring His word over our life? These are really important things. Yeah, Lauren. And there's a story in Scripture that has always, you know, just stuck with me. And many of you are probably familiar with it, but it's about the persistent widow. And Jesus tells the story. It's a parable. I want to read it real quick. It's in Luke 18, uh, verses 1 through 8. It says, Jesus told his disciples a parable. Now, here's the key. To show them that they should always pray and not to give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. 
And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So if Jesus came back right now and asked, where's your faith? If he said, show me how faith is exercised in your life right now, what would he find? I really want to just say, don't quit. Don't settle. He uses this example in scripture to say, keep on pestering me until you see what you're asking for fulfilled. Fight for the promises of God in your life because it's worth fighting for and do it with faith and patience. Yeah, fight the good fight of faith. It's just so encouraging. Anika, as we wrap up, What do you suggest we do in the time between the promise and its fulfillment? I know this is something you talked about in your book. Can you leave us with maybe a few specific ways we can actively wait on God? Yes, I call that in between time, the meantime. So what to do in the meantime? Keep waiting on the Lord by trusting in him. Even when you don't understand it, trust the Lord with all your heart. You can wait on the Lord by seeking him. This is an action to do during the waiting. As you wait, ask God for a sincere desire to be with him and to dwell in his presence. If you seek him, you will find him. When you wait, you pray and keep on praying. Ask God for wisdom, direction, divine protection, and favor. Lastly, wait patiently. Use this time to learn how to be content and not complain in spite of delays, remembering that God's delays are not denials. I love that. Anika, I have to ask one last thing, because I have known you for many, many years, and we literally talk on the phone like one to two times a day. <laughs> and you have five kids. You you have a lot on your plate, and I rarely ever hear you complain. You are definitely a cup half full person. And I just have to ask, what's your secret? Personally, I saw it modeled. My dad is the most consistent, steadfast person I know. He would say, always be content, but never satisfied. No matter what life threw at him, he carried a sense of peace and contentment. I never heard him complain about his job. As I got older, I realized that he was not treated fairly to the point of being laid off just months shy of retiring with a full pension. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. You do hear a lot about that. Golly. Yeah. Wow. But to hear him speak of the company he worked for some 29 years, you would think it was the best place on the earth. Seriously? Seriously. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) And I learned a lot from him. What I learned over the years is this, that contentment is really a choice. I've also learned how to be content, but also unwilling to settle. I found that contentment allows me to live in peace, regardless of what's happening in my life to my family, or around me. And that's worth way more to me than the cost of being dissatisfied. Yeah, that's really good advice, Anika. I think that a lot of people struggle with being content. I would just like to say thank you so much for being with us today. I have really enjoyed having you here. I know Debs has too. We love having you on with us. Um 
And you guys, you can purchase Anika's book, Believe to See, on Amazon. We will be posting all the details on our social media for you so that you can easily find it. Anika, is there any last words you want to share with us um, and our listeners? Yes. I just want to say, no matter what situation you're faced with, you can be assured God is working behind the scenes and has your best interests in mind. The Lord is greater than any struggle that you're facing, whether it's a negative doctor's report, a financial situation, a relationship challenge. He will come through and work things out for you. You just have to believe to see it. Anika, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, Guys, we hope you enjoyed hearing from all of our friends today. This wraps up our series on rising in the spirit of an overcomer. If you're interested in diving a little bit deeper, make sure to find us on Facebook or Instagram at First and Main Life. We've got some incredible giveaways to help you overcome any of the challenges you may be facing. Again, thanks for listening. We can't wait to meet with you all here again at First and Main, your avenue to living well.